0: WXTX-FM, Pittsburgh. I predicted weeks ago that Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers, the rookie wide receiver, I predicted that he was going to go from cute, cuddly, and fun to being a pretentious jackass very quickly. Well, he is right on schedule. Juju Smith-Schuster tweeted out a picture he took of him posing with a guy wearing a Tom Brady jersey. Uh, He's presumably a Patriots fan. And Juju is giving him the finger in the photo, flipping him off where the fan can't see it. Sorry, but that's something a junior high kid does, not a 21-year-old professional football player. That's Juju being a jerk. Of course, the arbiters of fun have stepped forward, and very loudly... Ah, he's just having fun. Leave the kid alone. He's a kid. It's fun. Fun, fun, fun. I'm sure Juju thinks it's fun. But it's fun at a football fan's expense. It is just not a good look for Juju Smith-Schuster. In that Steeler clubhouse, there are two paths you can go by. The jerk path or the Ramon Foster path. Would Ramon Foster do that? He would not. Would David DeCaster do that? He would not. Would Alejandro Villanueva do that? He would not. It's not a capital crime, nothing cataclysmic. Juju didn't urinate down the fan's leg and tell him it was raining, but it's Juju morphing into being a jackass, just like I said he would. He's a lot less cute and a lot more jerk, and he's only 21. He's only a rookie. He's got a long way to go. I got the tweet posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Look at the picture and you tell me. Four one two three 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 wxdx I also posted a poll on Twitter. Uh, was Juju Smith-Schuster just having fun, or was he being a jerk? Uh, vote now on my Twitter uh, at Mark Madden X. Uh, somebody listening to my interview with Oli Mata, uh, during which I'm sure he was watching Man United and Tottenham, as am I. Somebody said, when I asked him about how well the Smith and Jari were playing, and he just said, yes, yeah, something happened in the game at that point. I don't remember what it was, but something happened. And, and all he knows, I'm kidding him. We We actually talk... When we talk in the locker room, we talk a lot about football, soccer, as well as hockey. Good guy, but I said, boy, I said to myself about two minutes in the interview, boy. And he didn't appear distracted. It was a great interview. But he was watching the game out of the corner of his eye. I could tell because I was watching the game out of the corner of my eye. By the way, Spurs scored 19 seconds into a soccer match. How the frig do you do that? The one time I'm rooting for United to win, to put Spurs... On the back heel, uh, trying to finish ahead of Liverpool, they give up a goal 19 seconds in. Actually, a draw would be just dandy. 4 one 3 3 99 39 I said just a few moments ago that the Super Bowl has been pretty exciting over the last 10 years. A uh, Seven out of the last 10 Super Bowls have been decided by six points or less. And check out these numbers. The New England Patriots' five Super Bowl wins have been decided by six points, four points, and three points three times. So you might hate the Patriots, and they have cheated, but you'd have to say they got guts. Focus, discipline, professionalism, culture. It's why the Patriots win, and lack thereof is why the Steelers don't. And you didn't think Juju would turn into a jerk. But I was right when I said it, and he is. And you'll have to admit it someday. You think the pay, You think the Steelers are someday going to win a Super Bowl with Brown and Bell? They won't. I'm right. And you'll have to admit it someday. Oh, Goodell just said, this is tremendous. Oh, wait. Denver Broncos reportedly close to a deal with Kirk Cousins. Uh... Goodell just said that starting from scratch on the catch rule is the best approach to fixing a confusing issue. Starting from scratch. Okay, he has to catch the ball before it hits the ground. Where do we go from there? I. Let's go to Robert at Homestead. Robert, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. What up? I want to get your take on, you know, why is Juju doing this? You know, why does he think this kind of behavior is acceptable as a rookie, knowing that the spotlight is on him? Well, that's that why. That's why out? you answered your own question. It's because the spotlight is on him. He, he He's on top of the world. Like, he's all over social media all the time. That's why, because the spotlight's on him. And how do you rein in that type of behavior? It's, it's not good. You know, it's not a good image for the Steelers, and it seems to be such an isolated issue. I'll you tell know, you exactly how to reel it in. Exactly how. Do you want to know? Yes, sir. You have a coach, organization, and team leaders that want to reel it in. But they don't want to, because they're jerks too, a lot of them.
1: Well, we can only hope.
0: And, and Art better. Rooney's not a jerk. But I don't think he has the guts like his dad did to reel it in. And even his dad, as he got older... And frankly, less, less. you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Less dangerous, less potent. I, I, like, you know, just, he got older and more feeble. How, how can you not say he didn't? And less able to control these situations? You know, Dan Rooney 10 years ago, it wouldn't have come to this. And it never came to this. Art now, I'm not so sure. And Tomlin's a jerk too. Good coach, jerk. Wants to be their buddy. Doesn't want to tell Juju he can't be cool because Mike Tomlin's probably one of those kids who was never cool growing up, and he lives vicariously now, you know, through the cool kid Juju. Seriously. Seriously. I don't know that for sure, but I would bet that. Let's go to Bobby in South Hills. Bobby, you're on with these super genius. Hey, Mark, you need to step your game up. You're reaching on that last comment with Juju. No, he's a jerk. Anything else? No, you're just reaching. I mean, you're... Well, why am I reaching? What does that about? even mean, reaching? Okay, I mean, but, okay let, let me ask you. It. Now, hold on. Hold on here, Junior. What would you call what he did in that picture? He's just having fun. Oh, he's fun, fun, fun. He's a kid having fun. Bro, he flipped somebody off, basically, not literally behind their back, but without them looking. Is that fun? Did that guy bro, think it was fun? Bro, bro you're talking about a picture. Don't bro me unless you know me. Bro. Bro. Bro, bro, bro. What are you, DD me? Turn the radio down, jackass. Learn learn something something else to talk about, please. No, I'm going to talk about this all day. I hope it irritates so much you throw up on your mother. And I'm saying that from experience. What? Goodbye. I'm saying that from experience. I don't know if I've told this story once. When I first Shall we say, started experimenting with drinking. I drank like a, a, a sixteen-ounce glass of straight Southern Comfort over like the course of a couple of hours, and I came home and threw up on my mother. Not one of my more glorious moments. I did that when I think I was seventeen, and she reminded me about it nonstop till till I like like when I would do something stupid. She would say, well, "At least you didn't throw up on me." Let's go to Carter in the car. Carter, you're on with Double M.
1: Hey, what's up, Mark? What up? Hey, do you think the Pens need to up their defensive pressure and try to stop some of these teams from getting so many shots off?
0: Well, you uh, see, I, I, know, I know why you would say that because what was it? Uh, San Jose got how many shots, 42 last night? Yeah. Okay, but you got to understand, San, that's how San Jose plays. That, that's what they do. I was talking about that with Matt Murray after the game. And he, well, and I, and normally, I'm not a Murray fan, and I don't really like Murray. Yeah. I don't think he's as good as Well, then you're stupid. Then you're well, stupid. Had okay, wait. Right, the guy won two Stanley Cups, but you don't think he's as good as people think. You're stupid, <laughs> God, stupid. Stanley, that's all you you're stupid, stupid. <laughs> I said you're stupid, stupid. Let's go to Larry and Carnegie. Larry, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I, agree. I mean, I don't think jerk's the right word, but I think immature is. But you were never cool either, so why are you hitting a like? Oh, that's absolutely right. I was never cool, but I was smart enough to never take a picture. Put it this way. I take a lot of pictures because now I am cool and really famous, really famous, really rich, too. It's stuff that you can only dream about, and I bet you do. But when I take a picture, I don't secretly flip the guy off. Anything else? No? Good. No. You think you're telling me a secret that I was never cool? I am now, though. Uh Uh-huh. Let's go to Mark and McKeesport. Mark, you're on with Double M. Yeah, I'm just wondering when you got soft, man. What do you mean soft? You got soft. No, no, you know what I got, Junior? You called me fat. You know what? If you weren't from McKeesport, well, you know what? I won't fight you because you're from McKeesport. I'll get my boys in McKeesport to kick your ass. What do you mean soft? This isn't about soft. This is about professionalism. Hey, I'm going to have the last laugh when this kid turns into even more of a punk and when the Steelers, with this group, never win a Super Bowl. Antonio Brown will never win a Super Bowl, not in Pittsburgh. He might go someplace like the other Young Money crew, like Manny Sanders win one in Denver, He'll never win one here, not where he dictates the culture. Lev Bell will never win a Super Bowl here, not where he dictates the culture. I'm amazed. I knew this was a stupid town, just a stupid town, just like a low IQ had to repeat third grade stupid town. But how can you not look at the Patriots and look at the Steelers and not see the difference? Are you that stupid? And I forget that you are. We got Mike Rupp. Talking hockey. The hockey fans aren't stupid. Well, as stupid. He'll be, he'll join me at the bottom of the hour. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Let me check. Let me see what I'm wearing today. Yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9. For all you nerds out there who think it was okay for Juju to flip off a fan... Wearing a Patriots jersey while taking a picture and then tweeting it because, haha, that's so funny. Keep in mind, and I could tell you for a fact that Dan Rooney believed this. When you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, you're representing that logo 24 7. There's no getting away with it from that, rather. So, from that standpoint, well, I don't think Mr. Rooney would be happy with that picture Juju took and tweeted. Then again, maybe that's just the way athletes are now. Maybe Dan couldn't have controlled it and didn't in his uh, last few years. Maybe his son Art can't control it. Maybe nobody could control it. And that's okay. Well, it's not okay, but if that's the way of the sport and the league, so be it. But uh, it's one reason why I'm not half as interested as I used to be. I'm sorry, I just can't be emotionally invested in a bunch of guys who consistently are jerks. And it's not all of them, but it's a lot of them. And it's not that way in New England. I'll tell you, I'd have an easier time being a Patriots fan than I would a Steelers fan. If you were starting from scratch, didn't have an affiliation as a fan, tell me the Patriots wouldn't be an easier team to be fans of. They cheat, so what? They're trying to win. Seriously. At least their flaws are committed, trying to win. I love their culture. I love their discipline. I love their focus. I think Bill Belichick's one of the best two coaches in football history. It'd be real easy to be a fan of the New England Patriots. Got a bunch of people sending suggestions who has the best buffalo chicken pizza. It turns out Slice on Broadway does have buffalo chicken pizza. I didn't see that on their menu I'm a pepperoni and hot Italian sausage guy, but I will try their buffalo chicken real soon. Uh, A lot of tweets about Frank's Pizza and Chicken, which is kind of a a North Hills thing. I know there's one in Millville. There's one on Troy Hill, too. There's a few others. And I've forgotten. I've actually had the buffalo chicken pizza at Monticello's on Babcock, and it is very, very good. All this has done is make me hungry for... Buffalo chicken pizza. How about that traitorous son of a gun, Ric Flair? Just tweeted out a picture of him in a Flyers jersey when he was hosting the Philadelphia Wing Bowl last year. Well, you can tell I really love Nate because otherwise he'd be dead to me. And to be fair, he's kind of like Yager. The price was right, so he put on a Flyers jersey. Only Nate's just put it on for for a day. Four one two. 3, 3, 3, 39 I, I got to get this in because it's funny, not funny, but uh, it shows what a mess halls of fame are, and the baseball one in particular. Uh, Larry Walker is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and his stats are good enough, no question. But Walker says he's not been voted in after eight years on the ballot because he played ten of his seventeen seasons for Colorado, the Rockies at Coors Field, uh, where the offensive numbers are high because the altitude is high. Everything's inflated. Average home runs, ERAs. Walker said, I like this quote, Coors Field is my PED, unquote. He feels his stats are devalued because he played uh, so many games in Colorado at Coors Field. Part of me thinks Larry Walker is whining. Part of me gets his point, but mostly it just highlights the fact that nobody knows what the friggin' criteria is for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Let's go to Steve in Monroeville. Steve, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Big Sexy, what up? What up, man? Hey, you mentioned that the Steelers are never going to win a Super Bowl with the roster they have, I'd take it a step further than that, and I would say they're never going to win a Super Bowl as long as Tomlin's the coach. Uh, I know I won't go that far because, and I should have mentioned this and have mentioned it on prior shows. Last year, if you look at the guys they drafted, they took great pains to draft great character guys, guys who didn't have a track record of malfeasance in college and a lot of captains, a lot of college captains. So, you know, if you do that consistently, the bad culture will age out. It won't take a long, long time because those guys come in, hopefully they excel, and they become leaders. Right now, i got to be very critical of, like, Foster, DeCastro, you know, whoever considers themselves leaders on that team, Ben Roethlisberger even. You know, they're not controlling the locker room. They've let the locker room be taken over by the punk element. Uh, Let's go to, uh, and and uh, that guy's gone. Tomlin's a big part of this. He's an enabler and he's at fault. But he's not the only reason the culture's bad or really even the main reason. But he will become the main reason if he doesn't fix it, which he won't because he can't and really doesn't want to anyway. I, I mean, how much more proof do you need when the Patriots just keep winning Super Bowls And they're the guys with the focus, discipline, and professionalism. How much more proof do you need? Let's go to Grant on 79. Grant, you're on with Double M. Yes, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You you know, I completely agree with you with uh, Gigi Smith-Schuster. You know, Someone like that, he's got the potential to just be a a, a fun life of the party type of guy. You put him in a locker room with, uh, you know, Barry Sanders and Herman Moore, and you have a potentially different player. uh, You know, what do you mean, Barry Sanders and Herman Moore? The two guys on the lines who never won anything and barely got in the playoffs. Bad example, Junior. Thank you for your call. Up next, hockey talk with Mike Rupp. And before we go to Rupper, I want to say. Uh, You know, Juju's a microcosm. He's not the cause, but he's a symptom. He's going down the wrong path because of weak leadership and a crappy culture. 105.9 X. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. Double M on the X, Penguins with a big win last night and a big game coming up Friday at home against Washington. Joining me now from AT&T Sportsnet and the NHL Network is former Penguin Mike Rupp. Rupp, the Penguins played well last night, but a lot of San Jose's wounds were self-inflicted with some terrible turnovers.
1: Yeah, real bad game management by them. I think, it. not I think, I know it certainly started with Brent Burns there, five seconds left in the period and having that turnover and just having that awareness, knowing what, what time is on the clock and just hold on to that thing with that big body. He has, he can protect that puck a couple of seconds and you get out of harm's way. But the Penguins, I thought for the most part in that entire game from the ons, you know, the, the onslaught was just, they were flying, they were playing with a high tempo and they're finishing checks in that first period. And I loved it. And I thought that, uh, a lot of times in the game, when you're always taught, even from a young age, to finish all your checks, and what it does is that it gets in the minds, especially of defensemen on the forecheck, when you're getting in there and finishing checks all the time, because they feel rushed, they feel they make panicky decisions, and I'll chalk Brent Burns as one up to that, just feeling pressure and, and not being aware of the the situation. Um, and uh, I thought they were great. I mean, the hits in the first period are coming from guys that you wouldn't necessarily re- expect it, but when you have a team full of guys, Jake Gensler had a couple big hits in the first, Dominic Simone, uh, you know, Patrick Hornquist got in there with a big hit and then drew a penalty. Um, I thought the team was ready to play from the drop of the puck. Well,
0: let's stay with that, because sometimes we uh, paralyze when we analyze. We We dig too deep. We debate who should play together. We talk about the third-line center. We talk about Cole over Hunwick, and certainly these are prescient topics, but sometimes it just comes down to something as simple as the forecheck. And the Penguins have always prospered by the forecheck, and if I had to pick one factor from last night's game, Rupper, that won it for Pittsburgh, it might be that forecheck. What say you?
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. The one thing that always, from no matter if you're playing peewee hockey all the way up to the National Hockey League, Every goal, there's a reason for every goal to be scored, and you can break it down. You can overanalyze that as well, as far as um, you know why each goal happens. But it 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 all stems around generating offense. Stems around pressuring on the defense and just pressuring guys to make rash decisions uh, to force a puck in an area that they shouldn't. And um, no matter what level of hockey it is, when you're a pressuring team. You're going to get scoring chances from it, and I thought the Penguins were unbelievable in that area, and, and and it really reminded me of when they've been at the top of their game the last two years. That's what you always saw, and and they were one of those first teams dating back in the '16 year when they won the Cup. Was hey, look how fast this team is? They're so quick on pucks, and you talked about the youth movement at, at you know at that time, and um, some of the other teams I think have caught up, but the Penguins. If they can keep doing what they did there, you're going to get tons of chances. Because I thought, I actually, thought San Jose, besides the self-inflicted uh, plays that they made, they played a decent game. I mean, they had 40 shots on goal, but it, it was it was uh, the, the forecheck and uh, elimination of time and space that really uh, dipped in the in the Penguins' favor.
0: Now we'll get back to the Penguins and that game in a second, but why I want to talk about Yarm or Yager whose NHL career has apparently come to a close. What was Jagger like to play against?
1: You know, what's really interesting with, with him is when you look over the course of, of his season, or sorry, his career, he played so many seasons, and those seasons dated across a lot of rule changes, a lot of different eras. Um, he played in that, you know, the dead puck era. He played in the rule changes where it became a quicker game, a younger game. All the way to now, and even since I've been done playing from four years, you know this is my fourth year being done. This game in those four years has gotten so much faster, and he's played in in all those eras and has been very successful. And, and And the one thing that's always been the common theme with them is protecting pucks. And uh, I remember doing a breakdown last year on NHL Network. Um, it was really interesting going and digging back in the files, I think, as I was uh, a lot younger at the time. Maybe I didn't see all the things that Yager was doing. I knew the points that he was getting, but when he would go in the corner for pucks back in his Penguin heyday, it, it was, he went in with a little bit more aggression maybe. He'd throw that shoulder into you to back you off and get some space, but the one thing that was for certain, when he got that puck, you were not going to get it away from him, and, over the years, when he's gotten a little bit older, and maybe he's not being the aggressor in those situations, but he still, when he turned his back to you and face the boards with the puck, even right now, you can't get it from him. And that really, I think, created a lot of longevity for him in his career. We always knew about his lower body um, strength and how big it was, and when he turned that rear end around, you can't, you 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 can't do anything. You just you have to wait for him to expose the puck. And he was so smart, and then he can make such great passes and plays that he can kind of dictate the game and i think that's one thing that uh, was very unique with him that um, his game foundation never changed although the game changed a lot
0: yonder has the second most points in nhl history do you see him truly up there with guys like gretzky and lemieux or is he the next level down
1: um ooh, that's a tough one uh I put him at the next the next tier. He's certainly at the top of that next tier. But uh we were talking about it last night, uh, Jay Caulfield and I, and, and and I was just asking him, just kind of, hey, off camera, was what do you you know what the crazy thing about this, at least in the minds of of Pittsburgh fans, and maybe everyone has their own opinion, and maybe I'm off base with this, but when it's all said and done, when you're ranking the top Penguins ever, Yager might be number four. And you're talking the second, you know, in points in NHL history, and that's just how rich and how great the tradition and the the talent has been in Pittsburgh over the years. And then you also throw in there past him, you got a Ron Francis. I mean, you go on and on. Um I I, I think that yeah, I, I think that that uh, next tier maybe is is more right for him. But you can't argue what he's done. I mean, the the points that he's gotten, the longevity he's had. I mean, I'm not sure when we're going to see that again.
0: Yager played for nine NHL teams. He has the points of a superstar, but his career line looks like a journeyman if you look at the left part of it. Does that dilute his legacy at all?
1: Um, no, I mean, I don't. It, it certainly makes him makes him different because all those franchise players that we've seen, for the most part, play in, in one place. I mean, when you think of Wayne Gretzky, although he's played in other places, you think of him as, as an Edmonton Oiler. When you think of Yamir Yager, I think you certainly are going to think of him as a Pittsburgh Penguins, but uh, Pittsburgh Penguin, But there's a lot of other teams in there that he had his success and in, in, in played, um, you know, for, for a long time with as well. It, it dilutes it a little bit, but then you just have to look over the column to the right about four spots and you see the points and uh you realize yeah that doesn't really matter too much anymore because his points are, are unbelievable I think the biggest thing was for him and, and I think that's the big question we've always asked is the big what if he didn't go to Russia and for whatever it was those three seasons
0: right the what, KHL
1: what yeah and if you didn't play in the cave it, it, now you're talking where would he be on the list and also I think that at, at that time whether it's, you're, it's right or wrong to, to think it people kind of were turned off by that so um i think if anything that probably has more to do with it than how many nhl teams you played with
0: we're talking to mike Rupp. he's brought to you by auto palace porsche okay back to the penguins uh matt murray came back last night after his father passed and i think he played like the penguins need him to play uh what had been missing with matt murray uh early in the
1: season um you know last night i thought that he was was just awesome just awesome, and the Logan Couture goal that went in—believe that was San Jose's um, second goal. He he almost he got a big piece of that puck too, and he almost made a miraculous save there. He he was fantastic in the game. I don't know. To me, last night when I'm watching him, uh, Matt Murray to me is very a uh, cerebral um, player, and he's very based on his positioning, very smart in that net. And it doesn't, you know, I think sometimes you can, I'd almost compare him to a Carey Price in the fact that they look very, it almost looks effortless at times because they're so well positioned and they're so big and uh, they take up so much of the net. Well, last night I saw him play with an energy level that I didn't see, a little more spunk getting across the crease, a little more hop. Um, That's something that I noticed the biggest difference, I think, from this season um, that, that he seemed energized a little bit more, if you want to, I, I guess, put it that way. But he he was great, and I think that's an unbelievable sign for the Penguins that um, they can certainly build off of.
0: Ian Cole had another a very strong game, one helper plus one, a couple of blocks, 18 minutes, and he forms a good pair with Alexiak. I like the way they fit, but can Cole play well enough to stay in the lineup indefinitely, or is Mike Sullivan just too sour on Cole?
1: Um, I think I think he can. I think that what he did in, in watching the game last night, you almost sit there when you have a guy that's a bubble guy as far as in and out of the lineup, you almost, you almost watch him with a different set of lenses. I'm watching him or whether it's a Matt Hunwick or whoever, and you're almost looking at him in a way looking for mistakes, I think, and you're, you're almost to, to think you're making your own assessment. Well, should they go with this guy or the other guy? And I'm watching him kind of in that facet last night. Uh, He made a couple mistakes in the game, but what he did to cover up for those mistakes, not many guys are willing to do and and, and can do as far as sacrificing themselves. I thought he had a real strong game, and I I think at the end of the day, that's all that matters. If if Mike Sullivan feels like that solidifies that pair, you're going to go with it, and it doesn't matter uh, really what you did yesterday or the day before that. It's what you did today and what you're going to do tomorrow. So, um, you know, I don't I, I don't think there's been a, a preconceived decision probably made on on uh, Ian Cole, but if he's playing strong and doing the intangibles that he's capable of doing, um, you know, I, I think he stays in there.
0: Uh, Mike Sullivan prefers to play Sid, Gino, and Kessel on separate lines, Rupper. And you know what's been a big factor in networking lately? Guys like Simone, Shane, and Haglin don't suck right now. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure guys like that have to be great. I think they just have to not suck, and right now, it's all good.
1: Yeah, one of, one of the best things I've seen with the Lions being shaken up the way they have as of late, um, getting them on all three lines and, and the team having the team success, Carl Hagelin's noticeable again. And um, I'm not saying he's the best we've seen of Carl Hagelin, but he's noticeable every every night right now. And uh, that's that's a great thing. And when you split those guys up, at the end of the day, those three guys, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, they make players around them better. So if there's guys struggling in there, um, that that might just be the fuel they need to get going. And when you look at the, the month of January in the NHL, uh, I believe it goes Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, uh, Bergeron, and then Kessel for the most points. And we all know what Patrice Bergeron's been doing over the last month. It just shows you, you got three of the top five players right now, the way they're playing right now, in the National Hockey League, on three separate lines. I mean, you can argue, if you looked at Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak, that line has been unbelievable for the Boston Bruins. And all their points will be up there, too. But guess what? They play on the same line, so it's different these guys are playing on three separate lines and they are dominating right now. And the team is, is benefiting. Another huge thing for me has been, and I love it. And I, we mentioned it last week on, on the show here is when, when you had Dominic Simone get chosen over Daniel Sprung, as far as sticking around and with Sprong going to Wilkes, um, it, and then that same night you had Brian Russ come back in the lineup as a player, you're thinking to yourself, time's ticking on me right now. Brian Rust is going to move up in this lineup, especially with games that he had like last night. Dominic Simone had started scoring, and he scored in a number of games, and he's noticeable out there. He's getting some chemistry with Sidney Crosby. And with him being able to be um, rolling with Sid, look how dangerous his team looks now with, with Brian Rust right now on the fourth I don't think he'll be there forever yeah but But boy he he
0: makes that a great fourth line doesn't he
1: yeah oh my gosh now all of a sudden now you've over the past number of weeks you've gone you've gotten the big three apart from each other and now you've gotten infused Brian Rust where you can throw that guy anywhere and now all of a sudden this team looks pretty dang dangerous Pittsburgh four points
0: behind Washington Washington here Friday that's a big game all of a sudden isn't it
1: it is. It is. It's huge, and uh, I, I think it's probably more of a, a big game for the Washington Capitals' psyche than anything else. Um, this team has been a real surprise for me, and uh, the big surprises in the league have been the, you know, the Colorado um, type teams, the Winnipeg Jets. But I wouldn't put this Washington much further behind because I didn't think that they would be. I I was question. It was questionable in my mind if they would make the playoffs. And although it's still tight and there's still a lot of road to 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 be had, this team looks pretty good. And they're doing without the T.J. Oshie's really struggling. Um, They 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 have other guys, Brett Connolly stepping up. Uh, This is a test for them, a big test for them, because after that All Star break. It's even though there's still 10 weeks left, it's the home stretch in your mind. And now this is where you start to see where your team's at. And there's a, a great test for them against the, the big nemesis, the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: Rupp, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time. We'll do it again next week.
1: Awesome. Sounds good.
0: That's Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Bacon. We'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next. You're listening to 105.9. Now, the super genius,
1: Mark Madden.
0: Super genius, big fan, big fan. you got to be a big timer to get on this show. Double M, huge fan. Raise the Jolly Rancher. The X at 105.9. Before I get to Bob McLaughlin, i got to read this tweet. Somebody called Swerve Tweets. Juju isn't being a punk or a jerk. I think you have a disconnect with black culture. I think you're applying old white sensibilities to young black culture. To which I replied, right, because flipping a guy off where the guy can't see it is an indispensable part of black culture. And then this guy replies, "Uh, the reason you don't understand what's happening is because you're out of touch with what young people find funny and fun. It's also why you want the young black players to behave like the old white players. You're simply out of touch. Uh, No, I don't think I'm out of touch when I don't want a Steelers player, black or white, to surreptitiously flip off a fan while he's having a picture taken with him and then tweet it and laugh about it. My desires in this case are very specific. I just don't want that player to do that. You know, actually, I don't care. To be honest, the more the Steelers make fools of themselves... And the more they fail, their talent, for my show, that's what's best for business. I'm not about black or white. I'm about green. Green for me and plenty of it. And this is what's best for business. Talking out to Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, what's your take on this whole juju thing? Uh, I think the best case scenario. The best you can say about Juju flipping the bird to this fan surreptitiously in this photo is
2: it's a bad look for him. It is a bad look for him. Um, and, you know, the full story behind it, that fan had no idea who he was. Juju had a photographer, one of his guys who does all his vid work with him, and said, hey. Why does he have vid work done? That's it's because he's got his own channel. He's got his own. It's He's got his own social media outlet. He is headed
0: exactly in the direction
2: I've predicted. <laughs> well, his so, vid work, F-O-H. Well, he, he said, get a picture of me with this guy. The guy had, or the, you know, he looks like, a, like maybe a teenager or a younger 20-something. The guy had no idea who he was. So Juju went up to him, got the picture with him, said, hey, take this picture. I want a picture with this Brady shirt, and then did that. So I agree with you it's beneath him. Um, is it more harmful than that? It's it's more stupid than that, you know. Juju's a guy who, in a lot of his videos and in a lot of his pictures, he shows himself doing good things. A lot of his videos. How many videos does he have? Oh, he's got a ton of them.
0: You know what? I'd uh, like I, to see him. You know what? I'd like to see a video of. I'd like to see a video of an AFC Championship game where he doesn't totally disappear. I would like to see but that. That video. video doesn't exist, does it? It does not.
2: But there's videos of him helping out a homeless guy. Yeah, is I, I, you know, food. honestly,
0: I don't care about that either.
2: Well, no, I'm just what saying. What about football? No, you said it was a bad look for him, and I agree. When he's out there trying to be, you know, like doing good things and, you know, hey, this is, I'm a young guy learning
0: well, the lead Well, do the now. good looks outdo the bad looks? Do the good looks erase the bad looks?
2: Well, some of the good looks, I think, are, you know, look, football needs more good looks, doesn't it? I mean, it needs more stories than that. But then you go do something like that. And I think he knew right away, But I mean, Don't
0: get me wrong. Uh buying- Food for homeless person, you know, is a far better act than flipping the guy, the bird, secretly in a picture is dastardly. But you know what we're talking about today, and everybody is, him flipping the bird, exactly. not the homeless thing. And if that's unfair, it's also too bad because that's how it is.
2: Well, that's why I agree with you. It is a bad look for him more than anything else. I don't think, uh, pro- you know, we don't know what happened after that. He probably introduced himself to the guy, gave him an autograph, something like that. They had a good laugh about it. But I heard th- he
0: pushed him down a flight of steps.
2: Well. <laughs> Wow, you got better sources than I do, <laughs> but all the other stuff, like when he went undercover as a news guy and you know hid behind—I don't care about any of that. That—that's not bad. I don't have any problem but, with but that. But he doesn't
0: need to do it. He's a rookie on a team that
2: never wins because it's chaotic. Uh, but this is away from that. This is his. This no, is just Bob, him away Bob, from look that. Look at
0: the Patriots. Nothing's ever away from that.
2: No, Why they hey, I understand that. They have a different culture over there and in most of what you say about the two different cultures and the two different teams, I agree with it. It is more it is absolute business over there, here not so much. But what they do outside of the locker room away from the game, I don't have too much problem unless it makes the news for all the wrong reasons, but if he's just having fun with a video crew. Oh, Bob,
0: it will. Well, <laughs> if you, well, it if, it did, you did if you here. think if you think this won't get worse for Juju, if you don't think he'll become more of a punk You can't possibly be paying attention because, Bob, I want you to please note, who said which direction this was pointed in months ago?
2: I know you did. Me, Uh, Mark Madden, the super
0: genius, that's who.
2: You, Mark Madden, super genius, and I know everybody listening can attest to that. Um, But until he does, you know, he's going to make a few bad decisions, Mark, because of his age and his immaturity. But some of them aren't going to affect his play on the field or his stance in the community. That picture obviously does.
0: Well, your take on the Penguins' win last night, and especially Matthew Murray in his first game back since his father passed, playing so very well.
2: Boy, what a great story. Uh, Let's go with Matt Murray first. I think Mike Rupp explained it perfectly with you, saying that he just does things well. He looks always in control. Um, He looks like he's ready for the next thing to happen in the game. And if I could describe it any other way, Mark, he makes goaltending look kind of simple because it's just You know, be in position, get the rebound. Be in position, clear the puck. Be in position as it comes across the crease. He's moving already. He just makes it look simple. Good to see the Stanley Cup winning Matt Murray back in goal for the Pens because there was a little bit of a hiccup there earlier this year.
0: And not just for Matt. And, like, I do think he's beneficiary to some degree of the team and the defense and the system uh, playing better in in front of him. Bob, we'll get to this at length uh, tomorrow or Friday. But what's your go-to Super Bowl snack?
2: Oh, my go-to super the nine-layer dip. I'm not a buffalo chicken guy. Nine-layer dip.
0: What is in those nine layers? I've heard seven-layer. What? What gives you the right to put in two extra layers?
2: See, I've heard five also. But well,
0: what's in the layers?
2: Um, I don't know. I've never. I just know cheese. I know uh, the ones with olives. I don't want olives. So if olives are part of the seven, then I'm with you. I'll go for the five or six. Uh, I think I've only heard five, seven, and nine.
0: My favorite is beer. Yeah, it has to be an Whoa, odd
2: number. Sorry, let me can I rephrase your honor? Beer. <laughs> beer. That,
0: that's Bob McGaw, Breath of 84 Lumber. In thirty seconds, we're gonna talk about Thursday night football. It's not going away. In fact, it's coming back bigger and better than ever. 1059. Oh wait, I forgot. Keyword, text, win a $1, thousand dollars. 1059.